I hope that all of you have uh, had a good first month to your new year. Uh, I know that for me, I've had a really good first month of my new year, but it's been a little crazy, right? I was on Christmas break at the turn of the new year, and then I had to deal with going back to school. And the wonderful greeting that I got going back to school was that I got to take a semester's worth of class shoved into a week. And so I was at school from 8 to 5 every day, Monday through Friday, and doing homework and all kinds of fun things. That was crazy. Then I had to go and get my job organized because I had a job and then went away for Christmas and had to go get all that figured out. I had to deal with being an RA. There was just a lot of things that I had to get organized. And it was good, but it was kind of chaotic. And it brought me back to a conversation that I had with my mom over Christmas break. And as I was talking to my mom, she talked about how she typically doesn't really care for the turn of the new year. It doesn't mean anything to her. But after how chaotic 2022 had been, she was just craving something new. And any kind of change that could maybe cure the chaos in her life. And that got me thinking about chaos. And as I prepared for this sermon, I realized, I've always known this, but it was revealed to me that chaos is something that we all have to deal with. Right? When the fall happened, sin and pain were introduced to the world. But shalom was disrupted. Things were no longer how they ought to be. And chaos was brought into the world. And when I think of chaos... I think of a storm, right? Close your eyes and picture a storm with me. The rain is falling, the thunder is crashing, maybe you're in a boat and the waves are crashing, you're in danger, your life is in danger. You see lightning, there's flashing and loud noises and rain and you can't quite control any of it. And it's pure chaos. And the fact is, we are going to have to deal with storms in our lives. And so the question that I want us to wrestle with today is how do we deal with the storms in our lives? I want to present to you an argument that comes right out of the text that there are two kind of major storms that we're going to face in our lives. And the first of those is physical. Our text today is going to be Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 23. We're going to do a lot of reading today. So if you have a Bible, get it out. If you have westernhills.church, go there. But you're going to need something to read. You can use this. Uh, that's fine. I won't judge you. Uh, but we're going to be doing a lot of reading. But the first storm is the physical storm. And so if you would, please turn with me to Matthew 8, verse 23. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and they woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? The physical storm is the one you can see. 
It's when parents pass away and you have to deal with selling it off an estate or you have to deal with organizing legality. It's when you get a bad diagnosis and you have to deal with paying hospital bills and trying to communicate that to everyone and deal with all the chaos. It's when one of your kids gets arrested. Hopefully not, but, you know, that does happen. Um, And it's when all of these things, all of this chaos is visible. It's when you're just trying to get another promotion. Or when you're just trying to get that job. And we chase and we chase and we chase and we try to tame the storm. We try to control the storm. And there's a lie that we tell ourselves when we're stuck in the middle of a physical storm. I think the lie that we tell ourselves is that if I were just efficient enough, I could calm the storm. If I could just achieve more, the waves would cease. If I could just do more, if I just raised my kids right, if I just did X, Y, or Z, checked this box, this box, and this box, everything would calm down. If I could just get this done, if I could just be more efficient, I could calm this storm. That's a lie. And I want us to sit with it as we move into our next storm. Our next storm is the spiritual storm. And as we go through these these different storms, I want you to listen to one that stands out to you. Whether it's the physical or the spiritual, I want you to listen for something that stands out to you. What is the spiritual storm? The spiritual storm is the storm that isn't seen. Let's move into our text. Matthew, 28, Matthew 8, 28, right after our last story. And when he came to the other side of the country, to the other side, to the country of Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled. And going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. We'll get to the begged part later. There's a lie we tell ourselves in the spiritual storm. Because the spiritual storm is the storm that is unseen. It's the one that's inside us. It's an addiction. It's a sin that we're struggling with. It's a mental health struggle, whether it be depression or anxiety, or maybe it just feels like your heart is off, like there's something inside you that isn't how it's supposed to be, and like you can't grab hold of your own thoughts, and like your brain is muddied. It's chaos. It's a storm. And the lie that we tell ourselves for the spiritual storm is that if I were just holy enough, I could calm this storm. If I just did all the right things, if 
I just prayed more, if I just read my Bible more, if I just went to church every time the doors were open, if I just did all of these things to make myself more holy, to make myself more righteous, then I can calm the storm. I have a hard truth for you. It's a good truth, but a hard truth. The reality presented in the text is that you have no power over the storm. The only one who can calm the storm is Christ. And I'm sure you're saying that's great. I'm so glad to know the news that Jesus can calm my storm. It's kind of annoying that he's the only one, but I'm glad that at least he can. What do I do now? Right? Because I can give you a million reasons why you should believe that Christ is the only one who can calm your storm. But that doesn't really help you do something. I want to present to you some actions that I think come right out of the text of what we should do when we're in these storms. So if your storm is physical, trust him. Come back to the text with me. In, in the verse when they go to Jesus... The, the disciples, they say, save us, Lord. We're perishing. We're dying out here, bro. And you're down here asleep? What's the big deal? Do you not care about our lives? And he looks at them and he says, why are you so scared? Do you not realize that I've got this? Do you not realize that when, the, when I want to calm the storm, the storm will calm? Because when Jesus speaks, even the wind and the waves have to submit. And so when we're stuck in these physical storms where it just feels like we keep on grasping for one thing and then something else pops up. Or trying to solve this problem and then there's a new problem every time. It feels like God is sleeping. And we tell ourselves, well if God is asleep, I have to solve the problem. So we go and we do and we try and be efficient and we try and get things done and we try to solve and solve and solve. And in the end, there's always more problems than solutions. And when you're stuck in a storm that's physical, the only proper response is to trust that God will calm the storm, but on his time, not on yours. And that's not always fun. But it's what we have to do. Christ says to the disciples, oh, you of little faith. He doesn't say no faith. They knew he could calm the storm. They just wanted him to do it now. How often do we go to God and say, hey, do this now, not when you feel like it. Trust that he will calm the storm and he will do it on his own time. Because I promise his plan is better than yours. I promise you that. If your storm is spiritual, run to him and to beg him. If we look at the text, one thing I really love from this story is that the demons do the speaking, but the men do the running. The demon-possessed men met him and they fell, I, it doesn't say it, but I imagine they are on their knees. And their spirit is trying to squeeze out one word, but the only one who speaks is the demon's. 
And the demons are shuddering. They're begging Jesus for mercy. Saying you've come to torment us before the time when you're meant to. And then they beg him, well, we know you're going to cast us out, so please at least just send us into the pigs. We think that begging is improper. It's not poised. It's not the way that you are supposed to carry yourself. Every time you look at a story of someone begging, it is someone who is desperate. And who is in a tough situation. And the person they are begging to is the only way out. Doesn't that describe all of us? And yet we tell ourselves, I don't have to beg. Because I've got this. I just got to be a little more holy. I just got to do the right thing. And if I do all of that, the storm will calm. I'm telling you, you cannot do anything other than go to Jesus, fall on your knees, and beg him. For freedom. On his time. That is the sad, tough caveat for all of us. Is that you don't get to determine when Christ calms the storm. But you have to believe that he will. And if your storm is spiritual, run to him. Fall on your knees and beg him for freedom. I want to address a group that I haven't talked to yet. I'm sure there's plenty of y'all who are in the audience who are saying, you know, life really isn't a storm right now. Things are pretty good. Things are pretty calm. Now, there's been storms in the past, sure, and I'm sure there's probably going to be storms in the future, yeah, but right now things are all right. My challenge to you, my, what I'm asking of you is if slash when he has calmed your storms. Because to the other storms, they will get calmed. Right? That's what we've talked about. Jesus will. He will calm it on his time. So when they do, be in awe of him. Both stories. One of the most powerful lines is what the disciples say when Jesus calms the wave. What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea submit to him? They are in awe. They are awestruck by the power that Christ has. By the power that he can command the sea to be silent and it must listen. And then in the second story, the people are so terrified of Jesus, they come out to him and beg him to leave. Because he's so powerful. How often in our lives has Jesus calmed a storm and we say, cool, you did what you were supposed to do. Now let's move on. When, you, when Jesus comes into your life and he calms a storm, the only proper response is to be in awe of him and to exalt him. So to those of us who aren't in a storm right now, be in awe of Christ. Exalt him, lift him up, tell him how wonderful he is. Because he has had the love to come to you and to save you from your storm. You didn't deserve it, I promise you. So I've given you three things to do. But I want to give you a challenge. I want to give you something tangible, something practical. I'm going to give you three prayers to pray this week. 
for the two different storms and one for the calm. The first prayer that I want to give you is the prayer for the physical storm. So at least once a day, I want you, if, if you feel like the physical storm is where you're at right now, I want you to write this prayer down. And I want you for at least once a day to pray these words. Lord, I trust that you will calm this storm in your time. Until then, help me to have faith in you. Until your time comes, help me to trust. Don't let me be one of those with little faith. If your storm is spiritual, I want you to write this down and pray this once a day. Lord, I am begging that you would calm this storm in my spirit. For you alone can bring peace to my spirit. We chase after so many ways to get peace. We run and run and run and think we're going to find the right thing or find the next thing. And if it doesn't work, well, we'll just go to the next thing and be more holy and say the, say the right prayer. I want you to say this prayer. One that puts it out of your hands and into Jesus's. And puts you in a posture of begging. If you can and you feel comfortable, get on your knees and pray this. Because that's what the posture of begging is. And finally, I want to give you a prayer for the calm. Lord, you alone possess all power and authority over chaos. All storms must answer to you. Thank you for loving me enough to calm mine. Love is the motivation behind the calming of every storm in your life. And if you're stuck in a storm, I want you to hear this. God has maybe not calmed that storm yet, but it's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he's rejected you. It's because he's smarter than you. And he knows the right time and the right place to calm the storm. And when we sit in a place of calm, the only proper response is to glorify God, to raise him up, and tell him how wonderful he is. We've talked about prayer a lot, and so I'm going to ask you to pray with me one last time. You bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and all the many blessings you've given to us, Lord. Thank you that you possess power over chaos. That the storms in our lives, loud and chaotic and reckless as they may be, must submit to you. God, we ask that for the physical storms you would give those in the midst of them the ability to trust. We ask that for the spiritual storms, you would give those in the midst of them the courage to fall on their knees and beg. And God, for the calm, we thank you. And we ask that you would reveal to us day by day how powerful you are and we would submit and be in awe. We thank you so much for who you are. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Maybe this is the first time you've heard about the one who calms storms. 
Maybe this is the first time you've, you are stuck in the middle of chaos right now, and you didn't know where to go, and so you walked into a church building. If that is the case, we will have ministers at the front. We would love to talk to you about the one who can calm your storm, the one who can bring ultimate peace to your life. Maybe you have walked away, and you're stuck in a storm, and you said, I, I remember what a church building looks like. I'll go try that place. If that's the case, come and talk to one of the ministers. We would love to talk to one of you today. Please stand with me as we sing. Thank you so much.